0: Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code G-S-P-P at OseaMalibu.com. Plus, you'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OseaMalibu.com and use code G-S-P-P for 10% off. Support for
1: this podcast and the following message come from Coriant.
0: Come on, work, left. Come on, less work, left. Come on. You can wish for it or you can work for it. You gotta work for greatness. If you ain't working,
1: work, You should be working. Come on, less work. These are
0: the confessions of a workaholic workaholic. Welcome to Confessions of a Workaholic, where we share the success secrets of fearless female entrepreneurs who are obsessed with success. This is your girl Coryell, so excited to have you back for another week to get up close and personal with another boss. This episode is brought to you by Work Pray Slay Weekend, which returns to ATL October 31st through November 3rd. For details on how you can attend the biggest and Best Women's Weekend of the Year, be sure to log on to WorkPraySlay.com. If you happen to enjoy the show, be sure to subscribe, leave a review, and check the show notes for important links. Okay, so y'all, we got Mama Mia, Mama Mia X, herself in the building today. I know that you all know her as the first lady of the tank, but she has evolved into an author, a serial entrepreneur, and I am beyond excited. I'm having a little fangirl moment over here. And so I'm super excited um, to share her with you all. Mia, are you ready to confess? I am ready. Okay, so I told you when I met you, like I was going to rap one of your verses, but I could not get my nerves up to do it. So I'm so <laughs> excited that we were still able to connect and that you know you agreed to do this interview. So thank you, thank you, thank you for that. My real friends out there, like who have known me forever, they know how exciting this is for me. So had to get out, had to get that out the way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I know that you started your career. Um, your rap career, your music career in 1984. And you've literally been able to transition to evolve and reinvent yourself in so many ways since then. Um, like I know after you stepped off the scene as an artist, you continue to write for other artists. Um, how important has it been for you, your relationships to be able to pivot in your business? Like, how do you think you've been able to pivot in order to keep on going?
2: You know, uh, relationships are actually better than money. Um, and that's, that's what I really want people to understand. Having good business relationships with people can get you places that your money can't. You know, because money is up and down. It comes and goes. You know, you get it, you blow it. It's all kind of things that happens with money. But um, how you treat people, especially when working with them, is very, very important. And one of the things, you know, that I I am proud of is, as far as my career, I made some really great friends in the business, and I made some really great working relationships. And that enabled me to continue to concert, even when I stepped off the scene, to continue to write, and just you know, be on a scene. Even when I was playing a low profile, it had everything to do with the business relationships and, and how I treated people and in return how they treated me. So um, I'm really happy about about those business uh, ventures and people that I've met along the way in this, this journey of many decades. You know, I'm, I'm just really happy about that. But I, I want you all to know that uh, working relationships are extremely important. You know, you want to leave every situation by saying it's been a pleasure doing business with you. And I hope that we can work again. And for myself, you know, I can reach back two plus decades and still work with the people that I worked with in the past.
0: So Master P being one of those people, obviously, I think that he is like one of the most underrated um, moguls and businessmen that has made so many boss moves, but just doesn't get enough credit. Um, In working with him and so many other um, just people in the industry that were moving and shaking, can you like pinpoint any specific business lessons that you picked up or that you learned along the way throughout your career from working with so many different people um, who were successful?
2: Well, you know, the, the thing that I did learn was, you know, be careful how you treat people and definitely be on guard by how you let them treat you. You know, it, it just all goes back to um your work ethic and, and your character and um watching the longevity of people in the business. That's what kept me grounded, you know. I'm not too impressed by a lot of fly by nights that bells and whistles, and that's all beautiful. But I like to look at people who have longevity in the business and people who are able to reinvent themselves, you know, and go on to do many things. I watched Will Smith and LL and Latifa. I've watched them reinvent themselves.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I've mm-hmm. watched them um, be able to move to levels. and um, basically, I know it was because of the way they treated people and the way that they accepted treatment from others. So that's the biggest lesson I, I learned in the business, just, just watching people and watching that longevity and wanting to have that.
0: So how hard was it being like one of the only females in a male dominated industry? What were some of the challenges that you had to deal with? And do you think that any of those challenges actually prepared you for business or life or you know, motherhood or anything? What were some of those challenges being the only um, or one of the only women in such a, a male dominated industry?
2: Um, not receiving the just due as far as the credit being a writer not only for myself, but for other people. And when you had a lot of people in the business that men shaped and molded, uh, you will fall into that stereotype, you know, the stereotype of women needing men to write for them or women needing men to mold an image for them. I've always wrote for myself and other people. I came into the game with my own image. I never cared anything about what nobody else was doing. I had a hit record out in 1992. I came into the game self-made. I did not like after assembling our team at No Limit. I never got credit for that. The boys always get the credit. So it's kind of hard when you're in a sea of testosterone, but you're really the one moving and shaking. But one thing that made me not be angry is when you leave the scene, and if the scene doesn't maintain the way it maintained when you were there, it, that's, tell, that's very, very telltale, you know? Mm-hmm. That's very, 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 you know, you can see it. So I learned to not be bitter because the truth is the light and it will always come out. But for many females, like myself, who write, who are visionaries, who can assemble the team. Many females like like that, a lot of times we get lost in a shuffle in the imagery of sexism and the imagery of how women should be molded and what they should say. The ones that are really at the forefront of making things happen, we get lost in the shuffle a lot. I don't like that part, but I want women to continue to be assertive and continue to move and shake because like I tell people all the time, You get your first words from your mama. You learn how to put a sentence together from your mama. You learn how to fight from your mama, because she's the one who tells you not to keep no licks from nobody. And you better go outside and stand your ground, because you have to play on this block, regardless because I'm not moving. You learn that gangster from your mama. You learn how to put them words together from your mama. So it shouldn't be shocking to anyone that women can't hold their own in the industry like rap, where it's all about muscle, heart, and words.
0: You get all that from your mama.
1: Mm.
0: That's where it comes from. True indeed. So, okay. So since you brought up, well, I think I kind of brought it up. So since I
2: can hear you, yeah, you're good. Mm -hmm. But because so many artists, you know, are made by labels and so many women get uh, get the title as protege, a lot of times, you know, we're not seen as the bosses that we actually are.
0: So... Being the um, OG, triple OG of um, female rap, one of the OG, triple OGs, I got to ask your opinion on like the current state of female rap. Like not, I'm not going to ask you like team Nikki, team Remy, team Cardi, none of that. But how are you feeling just about the selection of what we currently have um, in terms of female rappers? And is there one person in particular that you are feeling or do you have a favorite? Uh, my favorite is 3D9T. Okay, so that introduce is. us. 3D9T, I
2: will put my savings up. 3D9T is the best lyricist we have out right now. There's another girl I really like too. Her name is Bricky for President.
0: Oh, yes, okay.
2: Y'all uh-huh. got to Google Nati and Bricky for president because they are definitely running those bars. But what I don't like about the game right now is um, the labels have made it seem like there can only be one girl at a time. And that's very unfortunate because, you know, when I came out, we had myself... We had Yo-Yo, we had Latifa, we had Lauren, we had Missy, we had Rage, we had Kim, we had Foxy, we had Eve. Like, we had... So many different women that look so many different ways that wrapped about so many different things, and you had a selection. If you had a, 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 a six car, uh, six, six disc changer, you could put everybody's CD in, and you can ride from New Orleans to Atlanta or New Orleans to Houston with every last one of them girls' uh, CDs just jumping in, and you just getting a variety of all kinds of flows and. I don't like how they're doing it now because there are many, many girls that are unsung. We're not getting a chance to listen to them because it's like the labels, they do a monopoly on who they are letting in at, at a time. And they're doing this thing where if anybody else tries to come in, they pit them against each other. And I don't like that because we weren't pit against each other. Missy had my CD in her car and I had her CD in my car. Trina had my CD in her car and I had her CD in my car. You understand what I'm saying? And to this day, all of us can still share the stage together. I did a show with Kaya, Yo-Yo, and Michelle and we turned that thing out. We did the Kentucky Derby. So, you know, I don't like the way they have it now because it's doing a disservice to the fans.
0: Absolutely. And it's making us, I don't understand why I feel like it's only rap where we feel like we got a beef. Like you can't just be hot. You can't just be supporting the next hottest person. It's like we have to be beefing with one another. There has to just be the one, the best. Everybody can't be good. There has to be just one king or one queen. Um, So hopefully we can, you know, in generations to come, I don't know if it's going to be soon. But hopefully we can get over all of the beefs and just get back to right. one another. And- there
2: are several queens and kings in on different continents. So it's really stupid for us to think that we can't have a genre full of kings and queens. Like, that's really stupid to me. You know, all of those ladies are queens. And all of those ladies in their own right are the best to their fans. So... You know, I don't see why they do that. And, and I never did, you know, play into all that and fall into all that. I had too much real stuff happening to me in the streets in real life. So I definitely definitely about to play record with nobody.
0: <laughs> okay, so... Once you moved outside of um, being an artist, we talked about the fact that you transitioned into um, being a writer. Well, you were already writing, but continue to write for other artists. Um, and now you have added author to your resume. So can you talk a little bit about the um, inspiration behind your book?
2: My grandmother is the inspiration. There are several artists in the game that had the pleasure of meeting her. She would say some profound stuff, girl. I really jacked her for the way her slang was. My whole rhyme style. I'm going to tell you, I got it from my grandmother because if you were ever around her, she was going to say something that was going to make your mouth hit the floor. But on top of that, she had a heart of gold. She, she fed the block and she clothed the block. And... um. Through it all, she just remained herself. She was never judgmental. If you was a rapper, if you was whatever you was, you could come talk to Mama about it. And um, when I talk about her and I will say, oh, 'cause such and such and such and such, they'll say, well, what? And I say, girl, my grandmother used to say that. Well, they're like, you should write a book about the things that your grandmother told you. I said, she didn't just tell me stuff, she showed me things too. So that's how the title things my grandma told me, things my grandma showed me came about. But the whole inspiration of the book was about me writing my time with her, you know, she, she helped to raise me. And then when I made money and was able to buy a house, I convinced her and my grandfather to move with me. And it was just about, you know, our time together and about the lives that she touched and her sayings, you know, still to this day get people through. So that was the whole meaning behind me penning that book, you know.
0: So you did not lie. Um, Like my mouth was hitting the floor. So we met in New Orleans, little backstory. We met in New Orleans. Shout out to Coco for the business besties brunch. I got a copy of the book and I read that thing on the flight home. And literally I was cracking up the whole way home. Um, So one, the whole entire book is full of lessons, but if there was just one or two lessons that you feel like are so profound um, that, you know, everybody needs to hear no matter what you're going through, because this was like real life stuff from relationships to just being a woman, just everything. What would you say are like one or two of the biggest lessons that you share in the book?
2: Um, I'd rather have a second job than a wet ass from a po' dick.
0: <laughs> How did I know you was going to pick that one?
2: <laughs> um, you know, ladies, we get stuck on a stupid button. I've been stuck on a stupid button boo times. I'm almost 50 years old. Um, when my grandmother would see women, there's a lot of women still to this day. She died in 2001. These women work really hard. They have to do everything. They have to cook, they have to clean, they have to pay the bills. And my grandmother never understood if you have to do all of that, but you still had a bed mate at nighttime. That just never made any sense to her. So when we started getting into boys and then you know serious relationships and having children, she used to always say, the ones being carried never realized how heavy the load is. So don't you ever get caught up with just having somebody in your bed and they're not in the rest of your life, meaning they're not contributing to your your mental, your physical, and your financial. Because it's hard and all women know how to do is just do. You know, at the end of the day, we just look, take a deep breath, let it out, and then go figure it out. But my grandmother felt like it should not... Be that hard for us, especially when you run around here saying you got a man, you know. So she said that over and over and over to us, and we took that to heart. But at the same time, she understood matters of the heart because she used to say, baby, your heart don't care how stupid you look. It just knows what it feels. That's why your common sense got to kick in and have your heart's back. Don't ever lose your common sense, no matter how silly in love you are. Don't ever lose your common sense. So I think that's two of the things. There's so many things she said, and so many, so many different situations, girl. We would be all day if I tell you about <laughs> me being stuck on a stupid button and all kind of stuff. But I think that rings real. You know, your heart don't care how stupid you look, it just knows what it feels. And that's why you'll find yourself doing something with somebody that you know you shouldn't be doing or going back to a situation that you know you shouldn't go back to. But in matters of the heart, the heart just cares about what it feels and the heart just wants to be soothed. So we are put up with some things sometimes that we shouldn't, you know, just based on how we are feeling. Mm-hmm. So she was able to point out that she understood that. But at the same time, she was also pointing out, you need to have your common sense in check so that it can have your back. Because your heart is just about the feeling. And and, and your common sense is about what's really going on.
0: So, Mia, what can we do without these grannies? Like, I don't see those grannies that were... I don't even necessarily want to say in the kitchen, but just that the staple of the family that was raising up the kids and passing on these lessons and sharing these stories. What do we do without them? Like, and this wasn't even a question that I was going to ask you, but what are we supposed to... I feel like the family is the center stone of everything. And once Mm -hmm. that falls apart, it's like, that's why everything else is trickling down. That's why everything in society is just all over the place because that unit is just not there anymore. What do you think that we can do? Like what, what's your biggest advice for, for how we as women can be that since we don't have it ourselves anymore?
2: We have to be honest and we have to converse with that generation under us and our children. You know, we have to, my grandmother's dead and gone. And when she died, my daughter was a little girl. And now I have a granddaughter. It's important for me to pass along what my mom gave me to my own baby. And I have to make sure that she passed these things on to her baby. That's what we're not doing anymore. And a lot of times we get so caught up in reps and how things look. A lot of older people don't want to keep it real and tell you that they went through some of those same things too. They'll just come off like they fussing and they come off like it's judgment. See, my mom wasn't like that. My mom didn't have a problem making you understand that she had went through a few things herself. You know, it's conversation. We can't be afraid to have conversations. And I'm going to tell you something else. It is food. You would be surprised if you grabbed your godchild or your little niece, if you just had them with you in the kitchen, baking a cake, and you're asking them, how's school? Who like you in school? Who don't like you in school? Well, why they don't like you? Well, who's the fighters in school? Who's the comedians in school? You know, conversation. And as the children tell you, then you can give them the advice they need. You can drop the gems on them, how to handle boys, how to handle girls, how to handle mess. You Brown that they, they in the kitchen, you smell them. Girl, you musty. <laughs> you smell them under your arms. That's the way my grandmother was. My grandmother was so gangster. One of my friends put both of her hands, you know how you hold your, your hands on top of your head, like you flop them, you flop mm-hmm. your arms? on She had hair under her arm. My grandmother said, men like pussies, but they don't like three. (laughs) That look like a pussy under your arm. (laughs) You got to shave. Come get this razor. Let's go in the bathroom. She taught my friend how to shave under her arms. You know, it's, it's little things that you can teach that's actually gems that these girls and boys will put inside of their treasure chest, and then they can pass them on to other people. We're not doing that anymore. We're so busy working, trying to keep up with the mortgage and keep up see—keep up with what we see on reality TV, we're not having the necessary conversations. And so the next thing you know, the children are all over the place. We gotta have the necessary conversations. You know, that's how we restore the order. And that's how we keep Mama and Big Mama and Madea and Mimo. That's how we keep all their memories alive. When we have the right conversations with the children, we gotta start doing that because we're not doing it
0: enough. Absolutely. There it is right there. The key to it all is having the conversations. Because um, just by sharing your perspective, just by teaching, then that they will go out and teach someone else. And literally, you know, we can restore the order, like you said. I yep. love it. I have truly enjoyed this conversation, Mia. And I know that my ladies appreciate all of these gems that you have been dropping. And I know they want to get their hands on that book. So please let them know where they can find you online and how they can get a copy of your book.
2: Um, you can find me on Instagram. I am the Mama Mia X. On Twitter, I am the real Mia X. I have a Mia X fan page on Facebook. I also have a cooking squad on Instagram, Team Whip Dem Pots. And the Dem is spelled D-E-M. You can order my book on a website, team Them And I told you it's T-E-A-M, D W H I P D-E-M pots.com. Because my grandmother, she didn't use the, the T-H. She said Dem Day. De, it was like with D- <laughs> So I did it like that in her memory. Also, um, you can get my audiobook everywhere on audio and audible. And you can also, um, I have two eBooks on Amazon. One is called The 12 Days After the Holiday. Uh, the other one is Things My Grandma Told Me, Things My Grandma Showed Me. So, I mean, anywhere you go and look, you will find it. But you can definitely order from the website. And I totally appreciate it.
0: This has been another game-changing episode of Confessions of a Workaholic, meant to empower and encourage you to get that ass to work. You already have everything you need to get everything you want if you are willing to work. I love you. See you next week.